pickaxe. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This program is brought to you by Resonance 104.4 FM. If you like what you hear and want to support our work, please make a donation at fundraiser.resonance.fm. <laughs> Good evening and welcome to One Life Left and Resonance 104.4 FM. I'm Steve Curran and this is One Life Left. Hi Steve, I'm Simon Byron. How's it going? Uh, it's going really, really well. I'm really excited to be here for Anne's final Not Here show. <laughs> How many has that been now? How many weeks? She, she's right. been away forever, hasn't well, she? Well, we weren't here last week. Okay, you were in India. Mm-hmm, and you weren't. Oh, I, I went out accidental drinking. Did you? I did. I was supposed to go home. That I was supposed to go home Monday night. Uh, to do the hoovering okay. and to clean the bathroom. Okay, those, good. Well, those are my jobs. How could that go wrong? Yeah, well, exactly. I went out, popped out for a quick pint after work. Just one. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I left. I left the drinks about quarter to nine. Okay. My colleagues stayed out, and one of them didn't even come in the following day. Goodness me! I know. Got him right. <laughs> Got wow. him in trouble. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Uh, did you have a nice time in India? It was fantastic. What were you doing? Really, really good. I was speaking at a video game conference called NASCOM uh, over there. Uh, I was doing the talk that I'm doing this year called Love and Violence, possibly for the final time. Okay. And um, that was divisive. Half the people <laughs> walked out. Did they? So, yeah. Uh, but exactly other, half. I wasn't counting. It was okay. difficult. I was doing a talk. <laughs> uh, but roughly, you know, okay. uh, roughly half the people walked out. And some of them walked back in again and then walked out again. <laughs> this is awful. Actually, what's out? What, as his no good either. <laughs> Come back in. It's really hard to keep track. Uh, and half the people stayed and, and said they loved it a lot at the end. So it went... It, Went well because I'd rather divide people. I okay, think, I think, and that's it. Now you're you're hanging, you're putting this on the shelf. Uh, maybe I don't know. Maybe we'll see what happens at the start of next year. I'm also going to Denmark later. Uh, Are you in, later this year? I think over a Monday, so I'll be missing a show this year. So you and Anne can talk about me. Whereabouts in Denmark are you going? Uh, I'm going to uh, near Billund, where Lego is. Okay, cool. Mm. Well, nice, mm. lucky you. Exciting, exciting. I'll stay here then. Don't mind me. Uh, what are, are you not going anywhere exciting for the rest of you? You said you're going to see Paul Daniels. I'm going to see Certainly. Paul Daniels on Thursday. I should yeah. feel sorry for you. <laughs> Good. Uh, I forgot to ask you, do, have we made provisions for the news this evening? 
<laughs> is that you realising that we haven't? It's me realising that. <laughs> it's going to be a long show then, isn't it? <laughs> we, and you know, I knew there was something that Anne did. I knew there was something she took care of. <laughs> well, it's right. lucky that Anne has sent in some features from Japan. Oh, excellent. We asked her to do that. We did. And she has. She, yeah, she, she took her sweet time about it, but... Um, they were joy to they were joy to well, listen you've, to. You've listened to them. Do you think they they'll do for news? <laughs> In terms of you know getting us through till twenty past, <laughs> I guess so. But I mean that's that's what news does anyway, doesn't it? It does, it does pass the time. We should introduce our guests before we crack on with those. Uh, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you what. I'll just call up Eurogamer while she's okay. <laughs> um, in the studio this evening, we're delighted to have uh, Gareth Williams, your head of games at Premier PR, are you? Is that I your job title? Hello, Gareth. Welcome. Hello. It's not your first time on the show. It's my second time on the show. Hopefully it goes better. <laughs> uh, you... I really don't know about that at this point. <laughs> uh, yeah, n- normally, uh, normally we're more prepared this. Um, you were on the show how long ago? Eight years. Eight years ago. Where were we? Where were we? In Nottingham at the Art House Theatre. Okay. That does sound like us. That does sound like us. That's the year that we broadcast from a from the cinema. From, um, a, from a bed. Oh, no, not no, from a bed. From, no, we were, from we, we were broadcasting from, was, the, from um, the lobby, weren't we? It was it was in the lobby, yeah. and there were places to eat food and stuff, and there were people eating in the background. Okay. And the show was literally unbroadcastable. And we've stopped broadcasting from Nottingham now. <laughs> <laughs> we just go up to get drunk that and do it. mariochi, so. Right. Hmm. Did you have a nice time when you were on last? Uh, I insulted Anne. Okay, um, good. Which was which was weird because I quite fancied Anne back then. <laughs> back then. Um, <laughs> and, I mean, we, we've both moved on, right? Goodness me. <laughs> or have we? Um, but, yeah, I, I insulted her, and I still don't know to this day if she remembers me insulting her because the feedback was so bad. Okay, well, you're all right. Uh, she won't listen to this. Well, can you remember what you said? Uh, Is it broadcastable? Well, clearly it, it not. Was, it wasn't that bad of an insult. It was one of those things where you try and say something quickly and funny, and it's just not. Okay. So I, I, I remember it exactly because I said go back to school because she mentioned that she was at uh, audio school for broadcasting right okay good uh, and that was the feedback you were um, you were a different I mean uh, you know apart from um, you know having moved on in terms of uh, not, no longer finding Anne attractive maybe um, you were you were a different man back then as well weren't you you were, uh, you were a video games journalist weren't you yeah I had hair I, uh, <laughs> I looked really good and um, yeah it was a different life and you know I, I miss it all the time but you know, we've got to have children, have wives, and oh, can I go back? Do you have a time machine? <laughs> Welcome back to the show, Gareth. We'll be chatting to you in more detail. Uh, are we going to start? How are we going to start the show then, Steve? <sighs> Let's just see how it goes. Okay. All right. Uh, it's time. It's time for the news. Without Anne Scantlebury. It's six minutes past seven after an awful amount of stalling. My name is Steve Curran, and on behalf of Eurogamer, this is the news. Star Wars Battlefront has been awarded a Peggy 16. The game's rating authority has explained why Star Wars Battlefront has received this rating, specifically citing the violence enacted by playable characters Darth Vader and Emperor Palpatine. The rating game is a surprise given how the Star Wars films from which Battlefront draws its inspiration have typically carried a softer classification. 
joke. Yeah. <laughs> inside joke. Yeah, I was just trying. I was, I was, I was uh, racing to the end of that story in order to try and help you out, but uh, I've, I've come up short as well. Uh, I'm quite excited about. A little short for a stormtrooper. Very good. <laughs> very good. Very good. Um, yeah. uh, sorry. Go on. I'm excited about Star Wars Battlefront. Are you? I don't think so. Hey, you know what I realised last week? I've been conflating Battlefront and Battlefield for a very long time. Right. They're different games. I I genuinely didn't realise that until recently. I know that sounds stupid, but I was writing... I was trying to write Jordan Sparks' Battlefield to be about Star Wars Battlefield, Uh, and then I was like, wait, it's not Battlefield. It's Battlefront. But they're both games about, you know, people shooting each other, so I forgive myself for doing that. Did you play the beta? Uh, I didn't play anything. I've seen some. I've seen some footage. It looks uh, beautiful, impressive, and like that sort of transient shooter that everyone will care about for about six weeks and then stop playing. Gareth, have you played it? Does Sean might listen to this show? Uh, let's say no. No. Okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, I got offered a copy today, and I was like, I've got EA access. It's fine. I can check it out for four days. And then okay. Do you remember the conversation it. we had on Thursday? No. About it's like well, if you get about for, you know let's pass it on here because we'd like to review it. Oh, I've I've messed up again, haven't I? <laughs> Sorry. Uh, you're on EA Access, so you, if you play, so you can play it now, I believe, can't you? I can go ex- home and give it a will. Okay. Um, this is the game that uh, I think it's the Star Wars game that we'd all hoped for uh, as children, because it, it puts you in a, in the snow speeders and the Tie Fighters, X Wings, and um, all the rest of it. Uh, Minus the big like single player campaign that we always wanted. We sort of have, no, but we sort of had that with like Rogue Leader and stuff like that, didn't we? So I think it's going to be good. It's going to be epic multiplayer battles across Star Wars locations. Yeah, but um, on this news story, mm-hmm. uh, the fact that it's got a, a you know a, a does that higher prof- rating? Why why are video games treated differently to movies? Because you push X to choke, don't that you? That's true. Because you interact yeah. with them uh, very very wisely. Did you? Because uh, that's not the only Star Wars game out this week, is it? Uh, is it? No, uh, they announced today. I think they announced. Well, it came as some surprise to me. Uh, they're re-releasing Super Star Wars on PlayStation and Vita, the Sniz game. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. This is news to me, considering but the segment. In the new, exactly, literally yeah. news to you. So uh, yeah, I think that's well, out. Have they on... done anything to it, or is it? Uh, they've added Chivos. Chivos. <laughs> <laughs> what about Trophos? <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're in there. Yeah. No, I, I think I'm. 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 Uh, I'm as excited about uh, revisiting that as I am exploring uh, Battlefront. Okay. Uh, let's have another news okay. story. <laughs> new, news in heavy air quotes this time. No. <laughs> Hold on. Wait. Definitely this one. The de- <laughs> Arnold Schwarzenegger is about to feature in a new free-to-play mobile game. Uh, the developer of a one million a day revenue mobile app, Game of War, has launched a new game fronted by Arnold Schwarzenegger. Mobile Strike is a free-to-play military strategy game funded by microtransactions. And uh, like Game of War's high-profile endorsements from Kate, Kate Upton and Mariah Carey, Mobile developer Machine Zone has again reached into its bulging bank account to pay for another celebrity face. It's understood that the developer of that game misheard Arnie when he assumed he said, I'll be up. (laughs) How's that? It's good. It's easy writing this new stuff, isn't it? Where where is the exit? I can go there now, right? I was promised more than this. Well, yeah, <laughs> you clearly never listened to the show. So, so the thing that attracted me to the story uh, that I was really reaching for to try and find in the text when I was reading that out from Eurogamer, thanks Tom Phillips. Cheers, Tom. Uh, was that Mariah Carey, for her endorsement for Game of War, 
earned a seven-figure sum for 10 seconds of work. That's one pound, ten pounds. But she did do pounds, promoted tweets. I mean, they are so valuable. Is that true? Did she do that? Did you follow Mariah Carey? Well, I didn't, but I had a look what they did because, you know, visibility with mobile apps. Okay. Is that a million million dollars? A seven-figure, yeah. Yeah, That's at least a million. Unless you count the ones after the decimal points, and then it's it's $10,000. Wow. Um, And she was tweeting as well, was she, Gareth? She was tweeting, which is invaluable in today's social landscape, obviously. Right. Is it worth a million? Uh, I I highly doubt it. You know, I'd probably pay a tenner for that, to be honest, because Mariah Carey is... I, I used to buy Mariah Carey albums back in 1994. You know, so you, know, you could play them to Anne. Dream Lover, you know, all that kind of stuff. <laughs> We've established your life has moved on, Gareth. That doesn't mean everyone's stopped buying Mariah Carey albums. Yes, they have. Um, is this sort of celebrity endorsement the only way to make a successful uh, free-to-play video game these days? Well, it's interesting, isn't it? Because uh, Eurogamer is very, very selective when it writes about mobile apps anyway um and yet it seems to have some fascination with this company's games because it wrote about game of war when um kate upton was replaced by mariah carey didn't it and mm-hmm. it had never written about game of war before and now it's writing about uh, arnie so yeah i mean it's clearly working if you want your new stories on Eurogamer, and you know by association one life left <laughs> okay remember sensible soccer well, creator John Hare is back with, you guessed it, sociable soccer. Um, and then the article goes on to say, you know, Hare's kicked off a £300,000 Kickstarter for sociable soccer. Uh, it's going to lead to a download release on PC, PlayStation 4 and Xbox One in 2016, but only if it's successful. And there's a brilliant interview with him on, um, on Eurogamer. And if you go there, you can see a picture of him in an Argentina shirt. Okay. That's, is that from the it. video? Uh, no, it's just it's just sort of seems to be a publicity still. Uh, so Simon has a, a, a sort of um, big connection with sensible think... soccer. We bring that up all the time. I, I, just, uh, no, I was trying to think champion. whether it would be a kickoff starter. That would be Dino Dini's. Well, that's interesting, isn't it? I don't know if we didn't... Did we cover this he, on the show? Dino did Dini has just done a and he deal. Had a go at me on well, the that's internet. a sentence. Dino he had a go at you, did he? he did. I, 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 I was a big fan of kickoff, and then I saw his Kickstarter video, and I thought, the guy's probably never done a YouTube video in his life. But I looked at the wrong video, so I had to apologise to Dino Dini. Right. So that's another one for so, the CV. So that's been on Kickstarter. Did he kickstart it? it? I thought it was just signed yeah. directors. Was it? Oh, oh yeah, Sony. Sorry. Right. Okay. You should read the news. Dino Dini, uh, I recall um, when I was working on magazines, uh, and he was, he'd done Kickoff 1 and 2. I was making Goal the because mm. there was licensing issues with Kickoff 3. I remember the advert for that it had Kickoff 3 in red. Uh, letters in the advert for goal to, uh, to sort of uh, nod and a wink uh-huh. uh, well he was uh, interested in coming I was working for a, a Commodore Amiga magazine at the time and he was interested in our feedback so um, he came to see us during development and uh, we played his game and he was really interested to know what we thought so we told him what he thought and then he told us we were all wrong <laughs> <laughs> so, but, uh, but then he made millions of pounds right Oh well, I don't know how much he uh, he made, but um, yeah, no. But he's back, back, back. So we've got kickoff versus sensible soccer all over again. I was always sensible soccer. So was through I. And sensible soccer. Through yeah. much, much more playful video game. And uh, yeah, John has on on Kickstarter. You should go and check that out. I've backed it. John Hare, uh, ex contributor to One Life Left. Of course. Well, not you're always a I current contributor. Exactly. You just you know you're just on hiatus. Yeah. He did John Hare sticks it to the man about eight years ago. 
Um, excellent. Uh, yeah, no, I backed it. I'm also in. Yeah, I'm in Sensible World of Soccer. You can play. Uh, I think you can play as Gotham Park Rangers, which is uh, the Queens Park Rangers team uh, colours, uh, but the team comprises Batman characters and I, the Batcave in goal. I have Sensible World of Soccer on Xbox 360. Is it in that version? Oh, I don't know. Honestly, the rest of the video game news is garbage. Is it this week? Uh, Mass Effect fans think they've discovered the name of Andromeda's main character. Okay. That's not exciting. You can't kill Ewoks in Star Wars Battlefront. <laughs> loads and loads of things about um, about Fallout. Of course. Just, just lots and lots of things about Fallout. I'm going to go to news.google.com and put video games okay. in, in there and see what we get see from how we that. Get on. Maybe we'll find out a new way that Anne should be doing the news. Hold on. Video games. Um, GameSpot or IGN first? Yeah, that's... Nope, this isn't worked either. Should Bible video games be violent? Is that... What's the answer? <laughs> uh, it doesn't say. I have to click through. I'm not going to do that. Um, meet Nina Freeman, the punk poet of gaming. Do you see Keith Stewart wrote that piece? I did see that, yeah. It's very good. Oh, this is, this is a good story. Okay, I'm going to click on this. Hold on. And hope it doesn't set any, um, <laughs> any safe-for-work alarms off. Right, here we go. Um... Pornhub has blamed has blamed the release of Fallout 4 for a drop in traffic. Um, that's according to QuartzQZ.com. As if to confirm suspicions that the audience for video games and that for pornography overlap quite a bit, a popular adult video site is blaming the release of a new video game for dipping its traffic. Pornhub, in a post on its Insights page, says that Fallout 4 was responsible for a 10% drop in the traffic amongst gamers in the hours after its launch on November 10th. Joke. Fallout. Yeah, Fallout. Something about Skyrim. <laughs> uh, yeah, don't know. Oh. Um, but you know, so this is in, uh, this is in, I did see this on. This is a good story. Kotaku. Yeah. Um, Kotaku. Um, earlier and um, yeah, uh, Pornhub seemed very um, very good at getting gaming sites to write news about them. Mm. They've previously um, revealed uh, the proportion of users on an xbox or playstation that uh, used to access their service whatever that service may be Steve, i don't know could be anything could be anything mm-hmm. um i think i think it's pornhub.org isn't it <laughs> i believe i, don't I think it's not biz <laughs> <laughs> um but uh it's not just the porn industry that was complaining about fallout fallout is that right um i saw mike bithel and dan marshall are discussing on twitter how uh, their sales had fallen off a cliff really yeah because of fallout huh. um initially so um yeah you know that's interesting isn't it so people are not uh buying, buying mike bithel's games no um while they're playing fallout and they're not um people were definitely warning against that like for i think stefano warned against that who's like don't you know you know obviously you can't you've got to stay away from november and december uh because of all of the big releases and that's all that people buy it's 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 happening uh, more and more frequently it happened uh with the witcher 3 and it happened with gta 5 Mm -hmm. um they suck up all the time everybody's time and um if people it's it's quite interesting because often it's not just people playing the games that is sucking up other people's time it's them watching watching other people play it either through let's plays or streaming so Mm. something to be learned there steve yeah i think another thing to be learned for today is we need Anne back. We need Anne back. <laughs> or at least we know, need to not forget about the structure of the show that we've been doing for exactly. nine and a half years. Um, Thanks, Steve. 
Hello, I'm Sega Badawi and welcome to One Life Left Local News. As it's nearly Christmas time, it means that the long-awaited advert for Beadle's Shop has finally been premiered. And, as is the custom, it's even more pretentious than the previous year's one. In the new advert, a young Princess Zelda looks through her telescope to see the distant face of an old man in the moon whilst K.K. Slider sings an acoustic version of an old Hyrulean song. Zelda manages to send a present up to the moon via a huge flying bird, but unfortunately the moon is due to crash into her castle in three days' time, thereby ruining Christmas. There is then a voiceover stating that this is when the sales at Beedles will have finished, so people should go there now. It's a bit of a weird one, to be honest. I preferred the one where Ash from Pokemon believed that Piplup was a real penguin. Thanks and back to your usual programming. Listening to One Life Left on Resonance 104.4 FM. This is Virtual Hawaii Fountains. It's from chipmusic.org and it's excellent as everything we play from there is. You should go and give the site a visit, listen to all of the stuff, give us some recommendations if you want. You can get in touch with us by emailing team at onelifeleft.com. Oh, I miss her. You do miss her. She's good at the air. Uh, come back, Anne. Come back, Anne. Uh, right, so uh, this is One Life Left, we're a radio show about video games. We normally open the show, uh, like I say, we've been doing it for nearly 10 years with the news section. We forgot about that today, but we got <laughs> through it anyway. Did anybody noticed? Uh, after that, you heard local news presented by Sega Badawi. It's been brilliant, absolutely brilliant, showing us up again. Later, we'll have a very special feature. Okay. Yeah. Right, Secret exciting. feature. Is it? One we haven't heard for a very long time. And... Um, We'll also have some reviews, maybe some letters. Did we have a lot of letters? This Loads time? of letters. Oh, brilliant. Got too many, literally too many, actually. Well done, team. Well done. But right now, it's time for our hard-hitting interview segment. What's your favourite colour, Gareth? 
blew up. Okay, okay. Um, so how have you been since we since since we heard heard from you last? In eight years, yeah, everything changed. What's 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 happened? Uh, I met Simon Byron, uh, and then he gave me a job to twice. Right. Uh, and then I met my wife, uh, and then what do you mean in games? Games, yeah, yeah games. Sorry, um, it's been brilliant. We had Mass Effect. The Mass Effect series was amazing. That's happened in eight years. Has it? So you, you were a journalist uh, last time we spoke then. Uh, what, what, what magazines were you writing for? Uh, 360 Gamer. Um, I also wrote, wrote for a few websites, uh, some of which you may have heard of. Uh, I got commissioned for Eurogame, but had to turn the commission down because you gave me a job. Okay. Which is really disappointing, actually. Right, that's, that's the only reason I offered you a job. Yeah, basically. <laughs> bear um, to see you on Eurogamer. And I was a spokesman for CNN for about three months on video games. Were much you? Like Guy Cocker does now, yeah. Were you? I was. And so even then, Xbox wouldn't support me. <laughs> what, so what do you mean by, uh, or what does being a spokesman entail? Essentially, they, they say, hey, there's this hard-hitting story on video games, and we need someone to talk about it with authority. Uh, so I went in and talked about it with authority. Which, Which yeah. stories did you talk <laughs> about with authority? Uh, the Nintendo DS, okay, uh, okay. when they launched that. Um, Were was, you as right about that as Steve was? Yes, I was in, in Edge. I was, <laughs> I was spot on. Just, <laughs> what was your opinion? I thought the Nintendo DS was a brilliant idea. Right. I was not convinced by the Wii, and we were all wrong. Yeah, I, I thought the DS would be a colossal failure. Um, yeah, I once went on radio to argue that the internet would never take off, so <laughs> here we are, the three Nostradamuses. <laughs> uh, anything else you, you commented about on CNN? Um, uh, the hardware wars, obviously. There, it, was about, it was about the time when Microsoft and Sony were about to release their consoles. Okay. So I did, uh, I did some commenting on that. I wrote in a book called uh, uh, The Volume of Video Games, Volume 2. Mm-hmm. Right. And I did a, a layer-by-layer analysis of the hardware circuitry of the proposed consoles before they were announced, and I was pretty good at it. Really? Good stuff. So you're good at analysing circuits. I'm good at saying long words. <laughs> what, was, um, what was their attitude behind the scenes, CNN, then? Would they, would they often sort of tell you what, like, like the angle that they wanted, or would they just let you get on with it? They... They well, they they kind of just wanted a spokesperson to talk on behalf of the video games industry that, that knew about it. So they didn't really didn't really have an angle. A lot of the time, they wanted to um, they wanted to talk about guy dies in fight with father over video games. Guy console. Cocker dies. Yeah, exactly. You know, um, and those times I was not available because I was on deadline. Okay. Because you don't want to get involved in that. I mean, I was PR before yeah. I was PR, right? right. Um, but a lot of the times it was stories about big games. So GTA was going to come out. Nintendo was a huge thing. Great game, by the way. That's why Nintendo aren't selling as many now because there's no Nintendogs, there's no Electroplankton, there's no other games like that. Did they make you argue with anybody? Uh, I didn't really argue with them because they paid me money. No, but I mean, but did they put an opposing view on? Uh, a debate, yeah, but it was usually the newsreader. There wasn't anybody. <laughs> there wasn't. Yeah, they they didn't think about it too much back then, and nobody really did. But um, there was no policeman. There was no you know Sun editor or something like that. It was always what's your view? And mm-hmm. then the journalist would or the broadcaster, as it were, would read from the facts they had and okay. question against it. You moved uh, from journalism to PR. How was that transition? I uh, got paid a lot more money. A lot more? Yeah, a lot more money. <laughs> um, it was, That's um, what it's all about for you, is it? Basically, yeah, it's all <laughs> about the money. Um, I, I, it, was, uh, it was completely different. I think when I began in PR, I thought I knew how to do PR because I've been in journalism for like five, six years. Um, and I was completely wrong which is basically what the indie community is at at the moment. They all think they can do PR, and I don't think they can't. But I had the same kind of mindset that I was going to go in and change the world. But you can never change the world. You can only change your small corner of it, as somebody once said. So what did you do to your small corner? 
Um, I focused on community, and then about four years later, community management took off, so I'd be like in charge of community <laughs> somewhere. Um, but no, I, I, I did what all reasonable people do. I sat and watched and listened, mm-hmm. and then learned, and then took off, kind of. You, uh, you, you were immediately disparaging about the indie community then. Then, uh, so uh, what's what's prompted that then? Are you, are you, have you worked with any that, or have you seen? Anybody? I think I'm gonna I'm gonna upset a few people here. Um, I I wouldn't say that we've worked with indies that are difficult to work with. Um, indies are brilliant people that make brilliant games, and it's good that we have them because we have to have some kind of diversity in the games we have rather than shooter, free to play shooter, and triple uh, A shooter. There's got to be something different. So I'm glad that they're there, um, but. I see every every couple of weeks there's a story about indie developer says too much, indie developer expects this, indie developer goes, uh, I can't believe you're saying horrible things about my game when I let you play it. And I think one of the things that um, everybody can learn is that everybody doesn't have to like your game. It's your job to make a game that's good enough for everybody to like it. You would... Oh, sorry, go on. I, was I know, you were breathing in. I thought Steve, you were going to go an for indie it. game developer. I have to do that. We all are. I have yeah. to breathe. <laughs> it's just the thing. Step back. Like sorry me. about that. Um, Confrontation. Yeah, you, see, you were doing a talk at Interface this way. I saw Steve at Interface. I saw you at Interface. Mm. Uh, how did that go down? Was were you imparting this sort of wisdom there to the yeah? I had uh, I had a couple of uh, of our of our partners over from Germany and France, and we were talking about the difference in PR between territories, uh, in terms of how you talk to press, how you talk to um, different kinds of people in community and social media as well. Um, and it was it was interesting. There was a lot of people that said uh, it was it was fun. Uh, I gained three more followers, so that did was you, good. Okay. So what what sort of topics did, did you cover then? Just, or, or just what the, insight? What's what's just the basics really? Of um, I mean, the, the title of it was called Ninety Nine Problems, but a pitch ain't one, um, which might sound quite familiar to you, Simon. Does it does sound like a good title? Name. Yeah, it's a good title that. Um, but um, it was just basically a, a, a kind of a PR one hundred and one, but. Not from a, here's your game, here's how you do it. It was a PR 101 about don't just think about the country you live in. Um, Perhaps don't think about where you want the game to be in 10 years or how much money you want to make from it. Think about the game you want to make and how you're going to get that visible as much as possible, as far as possible and as wide as possible. That, that's an easy thing to, 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 to say in theory, isn't it? But but there are challenges. Not like The market's increasingly crowded. Um, you're, uh, things like Steam Spy, which um, Chris Charler from Microsoft stood up at his presentation at Game Connection and said, Steam Spy is the most important thing to happen to the games industry in years because you, you can get a sense of, of how everything's doing now um and it, it, it's it's not easy anymore is it these are the hardest questions you've asked me since my first interview <laughs> <laughs> um it, it isn't uh, visibility is a massive thing not just on pc but on mobile uh console you know it's a, it's a little bit easier depending on which platform you're on um but it's you you've got to look at as much data as you possibly can so if if you are if you're going right i'm going to make a manga uh, RPG, and I'm going to read it on mobile, perhaps think about the fact there are already about 50 million of those. Okay. Um, so, yeah, there's um, there's a lot of data out there. Just look at it and, you know, you might have the world's best game idea like I do have, <laughs> but it's a case of making it and, you know, making it good and, you know, picking the right territories and, and how you talk about that game. What is the world's best game idea? Called now. The Longest Day, but I'm not going to tell you on, on, the, on the radio. Maybe you should. Cause Four you... other people will hear me. <laughs> Sorry. Um, we've just had a tweet that says oh. Anne's listening, so make it five. Okay. <laughs> okay um, uh, and the role of a PR person, how's that changed over recent years? Do you, I mean, is there still a need for it? Because there's all this sort of self service stuff these days, like the press kit and do distribute, all that sort of stuff that make it easier to get your stuff out to as many people as possible. Is there still, is there still a need for. 
I, th- I think there is, um, but in a different way than they used to be. Uh, so it used to be that you would have uh, an internal PR team and they would have an agency that they dealt with. Now you have an internal PR team, a marketing manager slash director, and even up to COMD level. They will all want to get involved, so they will want return for what they're paying for. So what we tend to do more these days is work closer with people um, and from a, hopefully sometimes a longer period of time rather than just a traditional six months out through to launch. But the other differences are there are a lot more inputs from uh, publishers these days, whether it's large publishers or, or mobile developers or indies. We get a lot more information, which allows us to do an awful lot more rather than just saying, hey, come up with ideas to put this game out. Let's hold a midnight launch. You know, let's do a, a pop-up restaurant. Let's or, put a car in a shop. Let's put a car in a shop, which I've done <laughs> once. You know, or, you know, my favourite, let's have, um, let's have uh, what do they call it? You know, the, where they all dance around. I've forgotten. It's flash like mob. A, flash mob in every major city in the world. <laughs> yes, let's do that. Good. All right. Uh, so if you don't want flash mobs or a car in a shop, how can people get hold of you? Uh, at Shaka Carnage on Twitter. Okay. I, li- I want followers. Uh, because I'm quite funny. Uh, also, you can email me at gareth.williams at premiercoms.com. So lots and lots of letters. Competition to get on the air on One Life Left. Uh, Simon's picked out the best of them. I picked out the best of them. Well, actually, and then Gareth, you're going to um, pick a winner from these. He's going to win a, a um, either Instant Indie Collection 1 or Instant Indie Collection 2, uh, a series of triple pack games available for Xbox and PlayStation. What company currently. does those? Curved Digital. Well, Wells right. Hello, team. Hello, super special guest. So this week, the new version of The Binding of Isaac, Afterbirth, sent its players on a quest for things in the real world. They tracked down posters that led them to a phone number that took them to a Twitter account and digging up a doll at midnight, its location marked by a pile of coins. Once that was done, a new update unlocked with a new character for anyone who beats the game enough to unlock him. This was a response to the last time a character was hidden in The Binding of Isaac. It should have taken weeks or months to find out how to unlock it, but data mining, peeking behind the curtain into the code, cut this down to 109 hours. What's the merriest dance you've ever been led on by a video game? And from the other side, what have players done with your game that they that you wish that they hadn't? Pip Pip Roberts, merriest dance, Steve. Mm, something that a video game has made me do. I used to get up really early in the morning to play Elite. Okay. Before I went to school, <laughs> I used to get up at five thirty because I loved it so much. Did uh, you ever ever play Ingress? Oh, I did yes. play Ingress. Yeah, but I never went out of my way. Okay, <laughs> I, did, I didn't. Um, I once got a, a man tried to seduce me on Ingress. Okay, he said you should join our team. We're much nicer. And I said, I is don't, that seduction? And I said in all caps because I didn't know how to turn capitals off. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. And he said, We will teach you. We can teach you a lot of things. Wow. <laughs> so, right, so, so I didn't really play it so after burnt that. your phone. Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's why I need a new phone. Gareth, have you, have you been led on a merry dance by a video game before? Uh, 500 agility orbs from Crackdown. I got to 499. Oh, oh, is it backwards? Three months. Is it backwards compatible? I crackdown. Hope it will be. Right. I hope you, you'll, get, you'll get it free with Crackdown the next version. Extra sure. orb. Okay, Gareth, have you got a letter? Uh, I do indeed. The first one is from uh, Steve Owen, uh, probably friend of your show and friend of mine. Uh, last right. week, sorry, he's a nice guy. Yeah, but it's not a competition. Exactly. Sorry, I mean I it's sort it of is actually. It's literally yeah, a competition. So, Steve says, Last week I got home from watching a football match to discover that the landlady of my local pub was sitting in my lounge drinking wine with my wife. 
During conversation, she told me that she went to school with someone who wrote games. After a bit of quizzing, I eventually ascertained that she went to school with Jet Set Willie's Matthew Smith. Whoa. But, wow, I know. That is someone. The funny thing is, our pub landlady is also a massive Doctor Who fan. And during this conversation, it dawned on her the first time that her school friend has the same name as someone who played the titular Doctor with great success. Have any of the One Life Left team or Gareth come home from football to discover their local pub landlady drinking their booze and revealing they went to school with a game developer who happens to share a name with the star of a sci-fi show? I, uh, I, exactly that happened to me. Um, with Warren Spector, who was the, <laughs> right. the third Doctor, I think. Yeah, yeah. that's right. <laughs> wow. That's, um, that's quite something. Yeah, well, that's good. Uh, yeah, the answer's no from my side. All right, Steve. Uh, Rahul has this to say. Dear team and possibly an extra special guest or two. Just one, I'm afraid. Uh, last week I started Fallout 4, created a character and then promptly turned it off again. So whilst I don't have anything too interesting to ask about the game proper, I was curious if you were given levels to put in your own real-life special, S-P-E-C-I-A-L, categories... How would you allocate your points? And then he goes on to explain special stands for strength, perception, endurance, charisma, intelligence, agility, and luck. Where would you put all your points for special? I think I put, well, famously, and I say famously, amongst me and PC Gamer, I once uh, played D&D with them and put all of my points in charisma and got murdered by an orc on the first first corner (laughs) trying to hit on him. Um, But I'd do that. But this time I'd put some in luck as well. Okay, good thing. How many points do we get? 30? I uh, don't know. I've uh, not, now, not four. I, I'm, I'm, I'm terrible at this, so I put average on most really? of them. Really? Yeah. Oh, Simon. But that's it. I don't play Fallout 4, so. Okay. All right. No, John says, John Kendall says, Hi, team and super special guests. My girlfriend and I have recently begun playing Yoshi's Woolly World in co-op. I've got, I've got a girlfriend. girlfriend. As far as we're concerned, it gets the fun stroke challenge balance right. And, crucially for us, it's not about grumpy men firing big guns at things. Can you guys recommend any other games with a strong co-op element that you found interesting and fun? Cheers and all that, John. Yes, I absolutely can. This week, one of my um, my favourite evenings of the last week was a friend of the show, Harjeet, came around and we played N++ co-op for uh, several hours and it was excellent. It right. was a, well, I don't want to say it's non-violent. Your, your little ninja dies in all kinds of horrific ways, but that's not really the point. It's a beautiful cooperative platform game and kind of playable in that nice way where you can mindlessly play a level over and over and over again and die hundreds of times without really uh, paying attention and still just chatting with your friends. Nice. Or, in your case, your girlfriend. I'm uh, interested in playing a game I spotted on Steam today. Yeah. Uh, it's called Clandestine. Not heard of it. Uh, it's a cooperative two-player game where one of you plays an agent out on the street and the other is the hacker going through the terminals. Mm. And you have to, in real time, apparently, sort of hack in to give the agent clues that are going on in the real world, like where guards are and stuff like that and all the rest of it. Sounds okay. very exciting. Interesting. I've, right. I've reached out to the, uh, have you? to the developer. I have, yeah. What have you said? Hi, Simon Byron. Uh, I yep. work for a very important yep. radio yep. show. Yep. Can yep. I yep. possibly get a free yep. code? Yep. Yep. Uh, we'll yep. give it a review. Yep. Yep. Good. Gareth. Um, I am a typical gamer that sits in their, their living room and plays games by themselves. So okay. I, I have nothing to add. I've got so no sorry. interesting girlfriends. I have a wife. Okay. So do you have an interesting girlfriends? (laughs) You avoided that question. (laughs) Gareth, you've got a letter, don't you? I do indeed. It is from uh, Lawrence. 
uh, who loves the show. Oh, thanks, Lawrence. Yeah, what a nice guy. It's good to hear today of all days. <laughs> <laughs> With the boring news of Cloud being a character in the new Smash Bros, can you think of any other character who you could care less about being put into a game series that should have been put to death years ago? <laughs> <laughs> I said it all for That's me. That's my favourite line. Yeah, I agree. All right. Um... Katharina writes, Hello, good people. I Hi. hope you are well. On last week's show, Steve said he was going to NASCOM. I like this, because okay. this shows that someone listens. Lis- listens. Six listeners yeah. now. I realise there are so many conventions that I haven't heard of. Could you say something about which conventions you feel give the most value to indie developers, which is your personal favourite and why? P.S. You have to bring Marioki to Norway, Hamar, soon. We would love to. Invite us. Mm. We will be there in is, a heartbeat. Isn't that an invitation, though? It sounds like an invitation. It does. But Let's just turn up. <laughs> we'll turn up with a black printout. <laughs> we just show this to Easy Jack. Exactly. So, sorry. We, we have to. <laughs> Passports? What? No. Just. I actually do have my passport on me. Do you? I do. Okay. Least, right, let's go. Useful. Uh, so, uh, my favourite conventions. Uh, I think Nottingham is always really, very really valuable to indie developers because you'll meet lots and lots of other good people and also show your games off to a lot of people who aren't involved in video games and that helps you gives you a lot of outside perspective we love nordic do obviously we love uh, nordic. nordic's one of our favorites yep. uh, gdc is super valuable as well just because it's the biggest and everybody is there and if there's anyone you want to meet you can almost guarantee they will be there too we should also say the one that we love the ones we're hoping to be invited yes. to so we love brazil game show yeah. love it um, we love that one that's in vienna that, whose name I've forgotten. Uh, the Austrian, obviously. No, I don't know. Uh, what, what about Gaming Istanbul in Istanbul in February? Do you oh, want to go to that one? Yeah, we love that. Yeah. Oh, um, Digital it. Dragons in Krakow, Poland. We love that. Um, I personally love Illusion in Finland, okay. uh, which we weren't all able to make it to last we year, but no. I had the best time, and maybe this year we'll all go because there's a music festival attached to the back end, okay. and you can drink until 8am. Good. They're the, things that you, they're the important things to look important out for things. on the conference schedule. Yeah. Thank you very much for your letters. Uh, we'll be back next week. Um, we're hoping to have Ian Morris, uh, the creator of The Inbetweeners, as a guest. Really? You know, we moved from Gareth Williams to Ian Morris. Thanks. Uh, shows the calibre. Um, so, uh, so if you've got anything to say about that sort of stuff, I think it's unlikely he's going to be here, to be honest with you, because he's stopped answering my emails. But please do email <laughs> team at One Life Left with that or anything else. Do you want to pick the winner? Oh, Gareth, well, well, well paying attention. Uh, Katerina. Okay. If that's how, how it was the name. Thanks, Gareth. Uh, email, uh, Katerina, you need to email... Team at onelifeleft.com. Well, actually, she doesn't, because she already has, so... But just do keep emailing, because we like letters. We need validation.
This is uh, Pixel Jumper, a tropical theme. It's from someone's new video game whose name I've forgotten. Is it? It is. Uh, but it is Pixel Jumper and Tropical Theme, and it's from chipmusic.org. Okay. For a moment now, I thought this was from Chime Sharp, it and is. you were being... It is not from Chime Sharp. I should really be playing some stuff from Chime Sharp. Should Chime be. Sharp has gone into early access this week. If you want to see how the game is shaping up, or sharping up, it is uh, available on the Steam Store. You can search for Chime Sharp there and download it. It is It's pretty good, I think. It's going to get better as well. Um... Yeah, some... you weren't you weren't bothered about coming out in the shadow of Fallout, were you? Well, the truth is, as I was explaining to you earlier, this is early access. As in, I'm not, I'm not. You know, it'd be nice if we create a little bit of buzz, but it is not the release. This game is still not finished, and um, and we're still hoping to polish it. Probably be out in uh, February, something like that. But it's yeah. good. Oh, I was playing it's, it's good. It is yeah, good. It's good. Uh, maybe we'll give away for code for that for the letter section next week. Oh. So, uh, those of you who've paid attention to the show the last two weeks will have noticed something different about the show. Very, very, very different. different. Very, particularly different today, uh, where <laughs> we literally forgot about the news section. Uh, Anne has been in Japan. She has, not she? She has. She's back now. I'm so pleased she's back. Not for the show, although you know, clearly she brings... <laughs> She brings something to it. Yeah. Um, like a new but I'm sick of her photos on Facebook. Honestly, like, oh, I'm having the best oh, time. Oh, look at this so mountain. Much jealousy. Oh, so many cats. Oh, this is oh, really oh nice. here's David McCarthy. Oh, da- I know. I know. I'm, a picture so made me beautiful. feel sad and aroused at the same time. <laughs> Did you not uh, David, leave, not. leave your friends alone on that picture? Leave my friends alone on that <sighs> oh, picture. awful. But David's um, coming over, isn't he, Jane? In February. Yes, Excellent. and he'll be on the show twice. That'll which be I'm looking so exciting. Exciting. He'll be on the show twice. He's coming once as uh, a company representative, isn't he? And once as him, is he? Yeah, he's, he, he said that he was going to be the worst guest because he was going to shoehorn the name of his game in to every answer Fantastic. for the first time he's on. And the second I'm time, we so will talk excited. about we'll talk about the old days of Triforce.com. It's going to be brilliant. Maybe we should relaunch. I don't. Should yeah, we relaunch I'm, that week? Yeah. Uh, should we spin the radio imagine. show? That's what the radio show is. Tenth anniversary. Evolve. Right, yeah, got done. you. Done. Um, okay, so Anne has been in Japan, and it's been brilliant for her and basically upsetting for Simon and I. I mean, in the best way. We're glad she had a good time. That's but amazing. we made sure she do some work out there as well, because, you know, that's the Exactly, so she can claim some back on expenses. <laughs> Just uh, thinking of her. Yeah, and so she's, she's uh, sent over uh, three short reports from her time in Tokyo. Uh, and what I like about them is that you can literally hear the drink. Hello, this is Anne Scansbury reporting live in Japan for One Life Left's Big in Japan. I'm here at an amusement arcade in Kyoto uh, and I've just been playing Mr. Driller, which is a game about drilling. It's really excellent. Um, so I've been playing uh, both survival mode and race mode and I won three times. It was amazing. All I had to do was just drill down further and further and not get crushed. It's very, very simple. Um, I would probably give this game, I'd say, 7 out of 10. And it seems like the rest of Japan would too. Next up, we'll be playing Puzzle Bobble. Has she been drinking, do you think? I, <laughs> do you think? I'm not sure. If only you could breathalyse MP3s. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic. Mr. Drill is a very, yeah. very good game yeah. as well. Uh, so that's one of three. Yeah, no, uh, you, can, you can sort of sense the... Uh, the um, the effects of alcohol and the effects of Japan on her. I think it's. Uh, I think it's. Uh, do you, do you really... think she's got a following in Japan now? 
Oh, well, I guess we'll, I guess we'll find out. Hello, this is Anne Scansbury reporting live from Japan for One Life Left's occasional one-off, maybe not one-off, whatever, series big in Japan. <laughs> um, so I'm in an arcade in Kyoto still, and we've just been playing Puzzle Bobble, a game in which bobbles are a puzzle. You have to, like, <laughs> shoot some bubbles up to connect them with other bubbles that are the same color and then they explode and then maybe sometimes other ones will drop off but sometimes weird things happen it's very hard to say why uh but i won four times and so for that reason i will give this game seven out of ten it's so loud in here there's a certain enthusiasm it's, to us. Where's she got that from? Where's she got that intonation from? The bottom it must be the bottom of a bottle. <laughs> but like I don't think I've ever seen heard her no. like, bring to her presenting that kind of even when she was doing an arts, which she really enjoyed. Yeah. No, you can uh, you can again you can hear the booze and you can picture the, the hand gestures. Uh, etc. So uh, this is presumably later even later in the night. Okay, this is number three. We're reporting live from Japan for One Life Left's Big in Japan. <laughs> um, so we have just sat down to play a two-player game called Darius Gaiden, possibly. Um, and uh, so we put in our 50 yen piece. Turns out you need two for two-player. That's totally fine. So you're a spaceship that's side-scrolling through like space maybe or like anyway there are enemies um and we just burned through 150 yen in approximately 30 seconds because we both died so quickly honestly don't know what happened don't know what went on and it asked us to put in more money and we've run out of coins so basically this game from us gets seven out of ten rubbish thanks Anne. <laughs> thanks Anne. Good. I'm looking forward to seeing her. She'll be back for Marioki on Friday, won't she? Yes. Yes. Uh, Marioki this Friday at loading. I hope to see you all there. Oh. Otherwise, uh, sick note from your doctor, please.
this is One Life Left Stalwart, uh, Mills DJ. It's called There's No End. Yes, definitely come to Marioki this Friday. I'm very, very excited about that. Uh, it'll be our last free event of the year what? because as soon as we finish with Marioki on Friday, tickets will go on sale for our party in December, our Christmas party, the One Life Left Christmas party. Hey. That's exciting, isn't it? Big One Life Left Christmas party! I don't get it. Is that a thing? No, I was just trying to be like do what Anne was doing. That's all. Oh, right. <laughs> oh, it's good. I think you need to drink more, though, like generally, which won't be a problem at the One Life Love Christmas no. party. As usual, we'll be taking the money that you pay for your tickets and we'll be putting behind the bar so everyone gets a drink. Hopefully, we will come up with a cocktail a little bit better than last year's, which was vodka cranberry and dripping from the sausages above the cranberry. It had sausage uh, in it. It's had sausage mm. in it. I mean, the vegetarian ones didn't, but you guys had you that. Guys. Uh, yes, so it'll be a brilliant, brilliant time. Um, we're looking forward to that. I think it'll be on the 18th, do we say? It's looking, it's looking like the 18th. Looking like the 18th. We haven't decided on the venue yet. We may have a change of venue. May. We'll see. Exciting. We'll see. Exciting. Exciting. But we'll announce that next week when we've uh, run it by Anne. Obviously, we've got to check all these decisions. Okay. With her. Okay, it is time. We've got how many? Eight minutes to the hour. It's time for the reviews. What have you been playing this week, Simon? Well, as predicted, uh, I'm I'm in hook, line and sinker now with Lego Dimensions. Really? Um, okay. Yeah. Ooh. It's got me. It's got me. I've, I've bought the Simpsons level pack. I've bought um, Doctor Who. I've I bought Emmett, uh, the character, and another one from the Lego video movie thing. And yeah, so this week I've been playing the Doctor Who level. Uh, it's just so good. It's Doctor Who Lego. Lego. It's got the credits, and it's it's, it's like everything's themed like. I, I I think what this game is doing with its physical DLC for that is what it is. Is it's just. It feels to me that you're not just buying new levels. Like you're buying, like, like in this instance, it feels like a like a really funny episode of Doctor Who. It's, right. it's just um, so you get uh, Peter Capaldi, you get K9, and you get the TARDIS, and they you put those on the portal um, uh, throughout the level. And yeah, it's cool. Uh, it's it's uh, it's got the Daleks in it. It's got the Weeping Angels. It's got levels that uh, use the TARDIS to travel forward and backwards in time to rearrange stuff that affects past, present, and future. And it's just, it's just really good. Does it play out like one of the Lego games generally? Oh, absolutely. But without the without the fuss. And I think, um, I, 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 I think. Lego games have always been brilliant, but some of them I've, I've struggled with. Mm-hmm. And um, I've had to go on YouTube in front of my seven-year-old son. He's gone, but Daddy, I don't know how to do this. Like, oh, let's go and watch another man play. He's a better man than me. Don't, <laughs> do you wish he was your father? Because uh, he can play Lego games. Um, but yeah, th- this just it, it's just... It's been really, really... Um, just fun. Uh, and uh, pretty straightforward... Um, fun and funny, yeah. It's good. I'm, I've got, uh, yeah. I'm in. I mean, I'm buying as much as I can. It's just can you, can when you I play can. as Matt Smith? 
Uh, no, they're bringing the other doctors out later, uh, sorry, earlier next year, early next year, I believe. Um, I haven't got to Matt Smith yet, though, so I'm sort of midway through the second chapter. I've been playing it with the boy. Um, yeah, we're thoroughly enjoying it. It's a game, um, and actually, that when, when we first played it, uh, we played with uh, Dexter, me, my wife, and my wife's dad. So there were three generations of players in, uh, enjoying it, and yeah, it was just phenomenal. Se- seven out of ten. Nice. Yeah. Gareth, am I allowed to say FIFA, or do I have to say a new no, game? No, what, no, whatever you want. Whatever you want. No restrictions okay. here. So, FIFA is probably the best FIFA in a long time. Really? Um, if you look at all the reviews that people had, it was kind of a, a balancing act on the scales between, you know, it's not what FIFA's supposed to be, which is arcade, and the other people are saying it's a long game. You know, you need to be able to play this 30 hours ahead, 100 hours ahead, so on, so on. Um, and I'm just finding an awful lot of joy in it. I really am. It's um, as, as a guy who's going to be that guy and say I'm a qualified FA coach, um, <laughs> it's... Um, Tactically, it's actually probably the best at, at simulating um, training in football. In Football Manager, they tell you to you know train your your team on attack and defend, etc., etc. It may have um, moved on in Football Manager, you know, for the last few years, but I've not played it because I have no time for Football Manager. My life is so busy because I'm kind of a busy guy now. You don't even have time for Mariah Carey. I don't no, have to. Sorry. I don't. Really? You know, when she became Mimi, that was it for me. <laughs> um, but FIFA is um, is. Ben Wilson did a great review of it. I think it was on um, it was either the Guardian or Eurogamer. He, he wrote the review for that. But it was Guardian. It was Guardian. Thank you. Um, he is um, he's a great writer, and he got the point across very well. You will still be playing this FIFA and getting more enjoyment out of it three to six months down the line, which is what you need for a game that you're going to spend forty-five to fifty-five pounds on every single year. Mm. Seven mm. out of ten. Excellent, Steve. Hi. What have you been playing? Well, I just finished, literally on the way here, finished the swindle. Yes! I completed a swindle. Yes! A swindle. Congratulations. Uh, and that was good. Really, really enjoyed it. It's, uh, so, it's a good game, isn't it? It's it's a really, really nice um, sort of tight video game. I feel One Life Left can claim some responsibility. Dan Marshall, very good friend of the show. Okay. We're in negotiations with him uh, about we? doing a feature oh. for us, which is exciting. Okay. Uh, yeah, so I really, really enjoyed that. I've reviewed it before, but it's nice to, you know, it's nice to thoroughly review something. So exactly. 7 out of 10 for that. Mm. Uh, went back to play Does Not Commute again mm-hmm. because I bought an iPad to replace my lost iPad this week. Um, and uh, Does Not Commute is, do you know Does Not Commute? I, I reviewed it. talked yeah. about it, didn't we? Yeah. Uh, so I met the guy who made that, uh, one of the guys who made that in India, Henry. Okay. And he was absolutely lovely. And he explained, you know, his company is called Mediocre Games, right? right? He explained the joke works everywhere apart from in Spain, where apparently the Spanish go, uh, in, uh, in Spanish, mediocre means not very good. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Yeah, so, so Mediocre Games, uh, but the game is not mediocre. It's absolutely brilliant. Really, really enjoyed that. And the reason I'm stalling is because I've forgotten the name of the other game that I have played. It's that one by Devolver. The oh, Downwell. 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 So we pl- uh, I promised I was going to play that since I've got an iPad back. And I did. And it is exactly the sort of thing that I love. It's a really, really fast roguelike. 
uh, short, um, speedier than most ro- road likes, um, like really, really arcadey shooter. You go down a well and you shoot rockets out of your shoes as you go down. When you press fire, you hover a bit and shoot from your boots. Procedur- procedurally generated well. Uh, you've got to get to the bottom. Well, I guess I've never got to the bottom before. Right. Um, one day though. Yeah, one day. Ticked off the swindle. Like the swindle. Took off there. down well. Uh, yes. Made in uh, Game Maker. Made in Game Maker. And also, I think it's made by a Japanese dude, isn't it? Yes. Uh, and it does feel, texturally, it feels different to most video games. It's a really like that. I really like that about Dan Marshall's uh, work as well, that it feels very, very British. And on that subject, I also played Jeff Minter's Goat Up 2, <laughs> which was free. Right. And is a mess. And brilliant. Like, it feels like nothing else. It feels half-finished. It is uncontrollable, in a sense. But no one else could have made it other than Jeff. I actually feel, when I say it's uncontrollable, what I kind of mean is, I can't control it. I bet he's brilliant at it. Llamatron, Mimatron 2112 is also free on the App Store this week. All of those games, 7 out of 10. Good. Good. That was uh, pretty comprehensive, Steve. Thanks for that. Mm, uh, I've not no played down well yet, but I'm going to... Uh, Gareth, thank you so much for coming in. Thank you. Uh, did you have a nice time? I did, thank you. Uh, it's good to have you on. Good to have you on the job. So much see you in eight, eight years. years. Yeah. yeah. Well, we'll Thanks. talk about that then. Um, lovely to see you, Steve. Ah, oh, lovely to see you too. See you in 2023. <laughs> uh, so we'll see everybody else on Friday. Yes, uh, Mario, Mario Key. Key. Uh, which is super exciting. Yeah. Otherwise, until next week, and we'll be back. Goodbye. 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 <laughs>